0: to also use this opportunity to welcome the the visual the visual family um the facebook instagram buzzsprout everyone that listens to us everyone that watches the film um our, our videos but the lord bless you you've got me today not dr loke you got me today and i believe the lord will bless you in the name of jesus amen amen, amen. Okay, let's take uh, Genesis chapter 1 now. Genesis chapter 1. Thank you. Today, uh, I we start the series on the creative image. And I'm starting it with us today. And I believe as, subsequently as we go through this series, the Lord will give us an, an understanding heart in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to start Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. It says, Then... God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea, over the birds of the earth, and over the cattle, and over the, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. It says, let us create man. Let us create man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. One may ask, what is the image of God? You and I will ask, one may ask, what is the image of God? What is the image of God? Because the Bible said to us that uh, human human beings are created. In uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says, Jesus Christ is the invisible image of God. If you may ask that, what is the image of God? It says, Jesus Christ said, the image of God is the invisible image. Uh, Jesus Christ is the invisible image of God, which is the firstborn over all creation. Hallelujah. So if one may say, what is the image of God? And that is it, that is the image of God jesus christ is the image of god and you may also wonder what is the what is the likeness of god what is the difference between the image and a likeness may the lord give us answers today in the name of jesus and may the lord bring us solutions today in the name of jesus i want to quickly show us the image what is the image of god even jesus christ we have now known that jesus christ is the image of god in first john chapter 4 verse 8 says god is light it says god is light god is love sorry say god is love and first john chapter 1 verse 5 to 6 says that god is light you might it may not come up so you can write it down one we are talking about the image of god now but we are told that jesus christ is the invisible image of god and now i want to let us see that what is the image of god I want you to I want to portray the picture of the image of God. One we say God is love and we can find that in 1 John chapter 4 verse 8. And we say God is light we can find that in 1 John chapter 1 verse 5 to 6 and we can find it says God is holy we can find that in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2. And even that God himself is holiness we can find that in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10. We can see that God himself again is righteousness. We can see that in uh, Psalm 7 and verse uh, 9. And we can see again in Jeremiah 23, verse 6, that God himself is righteousness. God himself is righteousness. Can you see the image of God? Can you see him now? Hallelujah. Amen. So the apostle makes uh, us to see clearly in, in, in two verses. In, we can see, we've already mentioned one. In uh, Colossians chapter one verse fifteen, and also in second, second, um, yeah, give me yeah, second uh, Corinthians chapter four verse four. Everybody, read with me. What does it say? Let's let's pick it up sharply now. is the image of God here? Who is the image of God here? Hallelujah. Christ is the image of God. But we can see here that the unbelievers, that the God of this world has blinded their mind. You know, he has blinded the mind of the unbelievers to keep them away from seeing the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ, which is the image of God. The, the, the God of this world has blinded them that don't believe. So you and I must clearly know and understand, be resolved on the fact that Christ is the image of God. Hallelujah. But the good news is that God, through Christ, is restoring his image. Hallelujah. God, through Christ, is restoring the image. Because when man fell, the, the image that he, he created, we can see that God created man, in his image and his likeness. So when, when man fell in the garden, the image that God created because of the fall was distorted, was corrupted. But because of Christ, God is now using Christ to restore that image. May you, may you reflect his image in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 8 verse twenty. Romans 8, chapter 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he, pre, he also predestined to be conformed to, be, to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. Because Christ, God now is restoring the, his image to Christ. He said, through them that he foreknew. Through them that he foreknew. He's restoring his image. Say, for them that he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed. To be conformed. To the to be conformed to the image of his son. Hallelujah. So you and I, if we, if you are a believer in Christ, you are to be conformed to Christ. Not conformed to yourself. Not like the children of Israel when after God brought them out from the from, the, from Egypt and they got to um, they got to Mount Sinai where they uh, made their own gods, got the gods together and threw it into the fire, and they said the image jumped out and there is their is their god. That is not the case. The case here is anyone come to Christ, God is his intention is to conform them to the image. Of his son. Hallelujah. And First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 29 says, let's see that as well. It say, what does it say? It says, and as we have been born of the image of the man of the dust, so shall we also bear the image of the heavenly man. As we have been born, everybody read with me. As we have been born of the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Hallelujah. We are to bear the image of the heavenly man. We are to bear the image of the heavenly man. Every woman, everyone who has come to Christ, you you don't have the image of yourself anymore. You don't have the image of the corrupt man anymore. You are to bear the image of the heavenly man. Because in the first verse, if you look at it, it says, and God created Adam in his image. Hallelujah. Let me show something else again. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse um, 9 to 10. It said, do not lie to, no. Colossians 3. Okay, let's go down. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Carry on now, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Listen to me. everybody. Read this, verse ten. Everyone now, and a new man, who is renewed. Hallelujah. We are to do that. Sorry, my eyes is just, I don't know which one. Uh, (laughs) And how put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Who created him? Who created man? He said, and you have to put on the new man who. Is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And, uh, uh, and there, and also let me show you another thing before we go to the points. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We are to be conformed. Look at this again. It said, And we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Everybody say, transformed. Into the same image from glory to glory as by the spirit of the Lord. By who? We are being transformed into the same image. To whose image? God's image. From glory to glory as by the spirit of the Lord. As by the spirit of the Lord. I want to give us an illustration before we we carry on. This illustration of, you know, we are to be conformed to the image of God. I've shown us the image, the the, the image of God is the attribute of God. And I've shown us the attribute of God as God is love, God is light, God is holy, God is holiness, God is righteous, God is righteousness. And all of these things that we know about God, that is his attribute. But now we're talking about individuals as a Christian. We are supposed to be conformed to the image of God. We should bear that in mind. We are to be conformed to the image of Christ. There has to be a change. And this change we are talking about, is not a change that each and every one of us can do on our own. But God will enable you and I in the name of Jesus as we submit ourselves to it in the name of Jesus. I want to use the... um, This change we are talking about is a change in the spirit man. Is the change in our disposition. Is the change in our responses. You know, how many of you love tea? Tea. I drink tea. My husband makes me tea every morning. I miss his tea. Every day, whether I'm, drinking, whether I'm awake or not, he's come and put it there. <laughs> Thank God for him. Thank God for wonderful husbands like him. He makes me tea every morning. Um, and you see, I want to use the illustration of the tea and hot water. You see, when you have a tea and you put it in a cup, you pour the hot water in it. You see, when you pour the hot water in it, the flavor of the tea now infuses in the water. If you don't like the flavor of the, what you, you know, the, the, the tea, what is inside the tea bag infuses in the water. But in a situation where maybe you don't like the, the flavor, you might need to tip it off or make, do something about it. My tea, my own tea, I make three types of teas to make one tea, to make tea for me. I drink three types of flavors. I, can, I don't like one tea. Not. I put them different flavors, three to make what I'm looking for. So, you know, when you have the tea in the cup and you pour hot water in it, it's, already, it's what is already in the tea that comes out. It's not what is not in the tea bag that comes out. It's what is already in the tea that comes out. So you see, as a child of God, as, as human, as in the as the heart of human being, in a situation where you know things that exposes our immaturity, things that exposes our our unChrist likeness, is is pressure of life that bring when you see yourself when you are pressed and you see yourself respond in a certain way, it's indicative of how Christ-like you are or not. Does somebody understand what I'm saying? When this tea is in the hot water, the flavor infuses in the water. So that is the pressure. What is the pressure? What comes out when you are being pressured with circumstances of life, with difficulties of life, with issues of life? What comes out of you? The image that we're talking about now today, we're talking about creative image. The thing that comes out, the way we respond in, in, in situation, make us to see ourselves. Is this Christ? Is this somebody else? Is the question I can answer for only me? And is the question that you only can answer? When situation, when there's a difficult situation, how do you respond? Is your responses like Christ? Or is like somebody who don't know God at all. So, um, but the Lord will help us to, to to be people who respond accurately. The Bible says, as a man is in his heart, so he is. So it's not any different when you see yourself acting a certain way, in certain is indicative of exactly who you are. And that situation is what you should say to God. If it doesn't look like Christ. It's like, is that situation you said to God. God, wow! I've just told that lie again. It's not, this is not you. You are not a liar. Help me, God. You have just exhibited that anger, that ugliness. You've just exhibited that jealousy, that rage, that... Everything that's just ugly, that is not of God. You just... Then you wonder... But you're a child of God. You are. By. You know. So today we'll be learning. How to take on. This image. This image. How to really be conformed. And be transformed. Into the very very image. That God wants us to be. In the image of his son. Hallelujah. You see. This conformity, this, this conformity we are talking about has to do with the mind. Has to do with the mind. And, you know, because of that, you see, you know, the, the illustration I was trying to give about the tea. I'll give you a perfect example that I will keep. You see, um, when um, Paul and Silas, when they were, after they preached the sermon, and they were caught up, him and, and Silas, we were told that they were beaten. They were stripped off naked and they were beaten and they were put into prison and they were put into stock. And the Bible says that when Paul and Silas were in the prison, they start, they, they start to sing praise. It, what was on their inside came out. What was their inside comes out. So the thing is that situation, you, you and I must be aware when we are pressed when life circumstances change, when it's not to our favor, or when we when we deem it to be that it's not to our favor, or you, what comes out? Paul and Silas did not come and say, "Oh, look at it." Or Paul start complaining, Silas start complaining to Paul. If only you keep your big mouth shut. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done this. You know, we wouldn't have been in prison. You know, look at us; we're in prison. But the Bible says, "The the sound praise, the sound praises, and the foundations." Of the prison broke loose. We can find that in Acts chapter 16, verse 22 to 24. Hallelujah. So, we're talking about the mind of Christ now. Let's look at the mind of Christ. Let's look at the mind of Christ. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. It says, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. What mind? What mind is in Christ? What mind is in Christ? I'll read it up for the let's read it now. Let's stop let's look at uh, five to eleven. He said, let this mind be in you verse six now. It says who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal to God. Verse Seven now, he said, "Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery? Uh, yeah. Well, verse six now. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God? Verse seven, uh, but made himself of no repute, taking the form of a born servant and making in and coming in the likeness of men." Verse eight, and being in the form, being found in the apparent as a man, he humbled himself and make, and become obedient to this point of death, even to the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name. Verse ten, that at the name of Jesus every niche should bow, and of those in heavens and of those of earth and those under the earth, and every tongue, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. The mind we're talking about is about about warfare. We're talking about the mind of Christ now. So how do we achieve the mind of Christ? How do we achieve the mind of Christ? Sometimes you need to uh, sometimes I need to wonder my own mind, what I, I cannot voice out what comes in my own mind. And I know it's the same with you. Some ugly thoughts that come in your minds. You wonder, I'm a child of God, how should I have this kind of thought? But this is it, we have been told that we, ha- we should have this kind of mind. The apostles say, have them, let this mind be in you. So you need to know what is the mind of Christ. And we are told that Christ, the mind of Christ is humility. Where he humbled himself. He humbled himself. We've been called to a life of humility as a, chi- as a children of God. Not a life of... Uh, we've been called to a child of humility. Not a, chi- not a life of pride. We've been called to a life of sacrifice. A life of unself- unselfishness. Where you and I are no more selfish. Where you and I are now no longer uh, um, arrogant. Or being prideful but are humble where we are self-sacrificing and unselfish. This is the mind of Christ. May we have the mind of Christ in the name of Jesus. But you and I know clearly that this mind we're talking about cannot be achieved just like that. We cannot achieve it just by ourselves. So how do we achieve this kind of mind? How do we have this mind, our own mind being checked, our hearts being checked, our heart now being conformed and transformed to become like that of Christ? Hallelujah. John chapter 13 verse 34 talks about the commandment of Christ. Where he says to be, you know, to, this is a new commandment that I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. And as I have loved you, that you that you love one another. How many of us know this is the commandment? We've been called to love one another. How many of us just like, we know that we are... We don't really do this. We don't really do this, but this is it. He said, God is love. God is love. God is love. God is love. And we are meant to, you know, to be people who love. And this is the, the first commandment and the second like it, to love one another. Don't we love people because of what they did for us or how they make us feel or what we can get from them? But we have been told Jesus Christ, what did you do for Christ before he, 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 he died for you? What did you do to Christ to merit his love? No, He died for you because he loved you first. So you, uh, we as Christians are meant to love without unconditionally to love, not because of what people you know what somebody did for us or somebody did not do for us. We, we, that perspective has to change as children of God to know that. Love is not about what somebody makes you feel. Oh, my husband treats me right today, then he can, he can be, I can do him nice. But otherwise, if he did bad, then I'd give it to him. Or somebody, no. We've got to come to this point that love, God is love. And he, 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 he did, we did not merit anything to warrant his salvation, but because he loved us. So when we give back love to people, we must love people, not because of what they did for us. Tell your neighbor, say, "I must love you, not because of what you did for me, not because of what you make, not the way, not because of how I feel, not because of how you make me feel, not because of what you have done for me, not because of what you will do for me. I just got to love you because I owe you love, and you owe me love too. Yes, Say, so love one another. Hallelujah." You see, when we try to walk the way God walks, or to conform to this image that Christ wants us to be like, we we as a people must, you know, by by position, by you know, by position of salvation, in First Corinthians chapter two verse sixteen. Look at what it says. First Corinthians chapter two verse sixteen. See what it says. He say, everybody read now with me. For who Okay, please, everybody now. I want to sharp. That is the position. That is the position. Every blessed day, my kids are witness here. They grew up saying this word. They they don't don't even know when it started. We have the mind of Christ. For we have his purpose. And how do we say it now? Because I'm talking to you. It's messed up now. Uh, we have the mind of Christ, so we have his purpose. Eh? Tell me. It's gone now, the kids. We do that every day in my house. That is one of the declarations we make. We have the mind of Christ because we have his thoughts and purposes in us. We have the mind of Christ. Every day when we do our prayers, in family altar, this is what we conclude with. We have the mind of Christ for we have his thoughts and his purposes in us. So by position, we have this. We are this by position for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Somebody say, I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> say, I have the mind of Christ <laughs> by position. Yes. But do we have the mind of Christ? Do we have the mind of Christ? You are now we you are now we embrace more the mind of Christ today in the name of Jesus like never before in the name of Jesus 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 Hallelujah it said to have the mind of Christ it takes warfare it takes warfare to take every thought every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God it is warfare you got to pose, we we as children of God must possess our our hearts, our mind, true warfare. When bad things are going through your mind, when things are entering your mind, what do you do? You just leave them to go? No. He said, "We warfare. We warfare." He said, "We casting. We cast." Everybody now read, casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this is what you and I do. When the thoughts, the imagination of the heart is contrary to that which, who Christ is. When you have hate on your inside. When you have, when you are joyless. When you are unholy, unclean. When you look at filthy things, I said to my children, when you see people walking in the street and they are doing like, especially boys, and giggling, I say You don't join in. Is they're looking at bad things. When you look at bad things in your closet, you do bad, bad things, Husband and wives, as God has not commanded it, in the name of. Yeah, church people. You know, things, terrible things in, from the heart. The root cause of every sin is from the heart. And we are saying to, you know, it takes warfare to possess this mind, to be a person that God wants it to be. By, and how do we do it? Everyone. Everyone now. To the obedience of Christ, bringing everything to the obedience of Christ. Remember, through Jesus Christ, we have through Him the obedience to faith. Through Christ, from Christ we have received obedience to faith. So there's no excuse. It's for some people they can do it. It's for some people they can know. Christ has done it for you and I. Through His grace, we have received grace to obedience. Hallelujah. If we're talking about this, do you think you and I surely know that it's not possible to do this on our own. So this is why we have to know how we can get this done. We can, we're able to cast down imaginations, bringing every. Taught everything that every I taught everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you we have to know how. And this is why we have not been left alone. We've not been left often. Jesus Christ said, "I go, but I will send to you the Holy Spirit." So, as you, as children of God, we have to know the person of the God, the uh, God, the Holy Spirit, His power. We need to know Him and engage him. Everything that you and I will need to do that will amount for God has to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. Everybody say, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit says the Lord. So, you see, nothing you and I can achieve can be for God without the power of the Holy Spirit. So, you and I must engage and get to know, be familiar with the, the, the uh, so much, get to know this Holy Spirit that God has given to us as a paraclete, as, 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 a, as, an empowerment. But look at it, this is how it works. It said, them that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So, if we are not led by the Spirit of God, so who are we? Who are you? If you are not being led by the Spirit of God, them that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. If whatever you and I will need to do will be the, you know will, that we need to do with, for God will be the woman that will mean and be pleasing and be acceptable to God has to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is it. You must know. You must engage. You must know the person of the Holy Spirit, and we must surrender. How many of you drive here? What is the meaning of broken white line? What is the meaning of, of white broken uh, white broken line? What does it mean, sir? Ah, 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 You, you don't even drive your license. Give way, yes, give way, yield. That's what it means. Broken white line means to give way. Jesus Christ said, "I go away, but I will send to you the Holy Spirit." He, did not, he went away. He, he, he sent the Holy Spirit to us. We have him resident with us at the moment in, in us and on us. If we don't walk with him and allow him to walk in us, there's no way. You see, the work of the believer, I mean, we're talking about this creative mind now. Remember, we've done the, 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 the sanctification in this house. The process of sanctification is, is, is the way, the process of sanctification is the way that God Himself has programmed to conform you and I to His, his Son. And we know that um, sanctification is a process. Do we believe that sanctification is a process? So we grow from glory to glory as we yield. If we receive to yield, there's no way we we've been given the Holy Spirit so that we can become who God wants us to be. But if we don't surrender to the Holy Spirit? There's nothing the Holy Spirit can do. You and I must surrender to the workings of the Holy Spirit. So it's a cooperation. Somebody say cooperation. So, if we don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that can be done. And He says, His Spirit will not strive with man. You and I have been given the will to give. So, God wants your free will to surrender to His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, we know that. Let's, let's talk for me. Bless you. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 18. It says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Say be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's possibility that one is not filled or half full. There's a potential there. Be filled. So there's the potential to be empty. If there's it to be filled, there's the potential to be empty or to be half filled, Hallelujah. So the apostle said, "Be filled." So we've been called to be, to fill, to be filled by the Holy Spirit, Hallelujah. So I want to show to us three responsibilities that you and I have, so that we, when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we can now come to this creative image that God wants us to be. God wants us to be like his son. God wants us to be like his son. Remember, not be yourself. I'm not allowed to be myself. I know many times I cry. Why? Because there's some things I've got in myself that I want to display. But I can't. I can't. And it makes me cry a lot. I make me cry. It's a lot of cutting and cutting. I say, oh, my husband said, don't say if not, if not because. Don't be saying that word, if not because. Because I, I think I see God's Those tendency. <laughs> Woo! I said, oh yeah. Don't, don't, don't say if not because. Keep it there. You are now a child of God. <laughs> so and you know the submission to the working of the Holy Spirit might be very painful. Might be very painful. It may mean that. You might need to cut off some relationships. Philippians chapter 2. Again, we'll go back to... I hope I'll be quick. He said, Let this mind be in you as also in Christ. And we can see... In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, we've been called to be like Christ in deeds and in words. And also to be ready to, to suffer like him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, yeah... I didn't know you got that. Thank you. For, for today, you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Somebody said, leaving us an example that you should follow his full step. Whose full step? Whose full step? And also we have in First Peter chapter 1, verse 15, uh, we, we also talk about we've been called to holiness. We've been called to holiness and holiness shall we be in the name of Jesus and also, we have been we, we, we in First Peter chapter two verse six. We've been called to abide. First Peter in First John chapter two verse six. Yeah, it said "He who says he abides in Him ought himself also to walk just as just as he does what, just as he walked. Do you walk because you walk because the way your wife walked? God will give us proper men in this house. I want proper men. God will give us proper men in this house. Yes. Proper men. And God will give us proper women in the house. Yes. Hallelujah. And what does Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter 20, verse, uh, 2 verse 20 says? It talks about, you know, we've been crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is n- no longer I. Who live, but Christ who lives in me, the life which I now live, I now live by I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the life you and I live, the life you and I must continue to live after being born again is to be the life of Christ, not the life for ourselves, because we have been crucified with him. Hallelujah. Because we have been crucified with him, so three examples. Now let's look at. um, I'm going to give us three responsibility. Remember, it's a cooperation between us and the Holy Spirit. Let's look at. I I don't know whether all of me will be able to do it. Give me uh, concurrently. I'll be calling them. uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-two to twenty-four, and also I want James chapter twenty-one to twenty-five. You see. Your responsibility there. My responsibility. We've been called to three responsibility. One, mortification. Somebody say mortification. Mortification of the flesh. Mortification of the flesh. Meditation on the word. And the manifestation of Christ's likeness. That is the responsibility. So let us look at Ephesians chapter 4, uh, uh, verse 22. It says, you put on, put on, concerning your... Fo- Put off, sorry. Say you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, the old man, which grow corrupt according to deceitfulness of lust. You put it off. So if you put it, if you put it off, that means it can, something can be put on. If you can put something off, you can something can be put on. So he said, put it off. He said, and verse twenty-three says, and be renewed. He said, be renewed. Someone said, be renewed. By the spirit of your mind. And verse 24 says, that, and that you put on. You see, you have number one, put off, and number four says, 24 says, put on. So, it is the new man, the new man, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things, uh, all, uh, all things have become new. So, we are talking about the putting off and the putting on. It's a put on. Put on verse 24 that you put on the new man, the new man which was created according to God. Remember, in the God created man in his image and his likeness, and Jesus Christ is the likeness of the invisible God. Colossians 1 15. It says, and that you put on the new man according, which was created according to God. In true righteousness and in holiness, you are to put him on. You are to put off your old man. Your old man and his deeds. Everybody has got their old man. You know your old man. And we've been told now to put it off and to take on righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. The Lord will rid us of every filthiness in the name of Jesus, every spiritual filthiness in the name of Jesus. And look at What uh, James chapter 1, James 1, uh, 21 to 25 says. Everybody read with me now. Therefore, lay aside all feathiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Stop it there. Therefore, lay aside... All oh, filthiness, you know the filthiness you have. I know the filthiness I have. Lay it aside. It is a responsibility. Nobody will do it for me. Nobody will do it for you. It's said, lay it aside. An overflow of wickedness. Some wickedness. You can't, in fact, it it took me God to be a Christian. I will say to you, you see, Christian men. I don't, I I don't used to believe in it. They're all the same, but you know what? Because you are Christ, they're different. You know, okay? Uh When (laughs) you know, sorry. (laughs) Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and all overflow of wickedness. Is there wickedness or not? Is there wickedness or not? And you even see it in church people. Eh? You see wickedness in church people. Don't be surprised, holy people. Come See, this church will be real. Be real. There's no... This is... What you see is what you get. Wickedness. I receive with meekness. I receive with meekness. The implanted word. The word. The word. To receive. How do we mortify... How do we come into that image and the likeness and the righteousness and the holiness of God? He said by receiving with meekness in humility Amen. the implanted word of God which is able to save your soul. We must receive the word of God. We must value the word of God. We must cherish the word of God that is the one that's able to save our soul. But then before that, We've got to lay aside all filthiness, all wickedness. May all wickednesses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we can see we need to put off the old ways. We need to, the unregenerated man, we need to put it away. It is your responsibility. Nobody will do it for you. If you tell lies, you open your mouth to just pathetic. Your, you know they, can do, they cannot do business with you you have a way to undercut. Any, I mean you, you know what you do everybody know what they do we have been told to come to that image of God who is, right, who is Christ the righteousness and holy and, uh, who is righteous and holy we have to put them away put them away by by his position we have the mind of Christ we have his heart but we have to come into it by submission, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And Paul says, laying, up, laying, laying apart, put away, put it away. It is your decision. You must put it away. The way I'm like this, I, can, I won't do that anymore. You've got to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by your own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You see, we have to value the word. A Christian who don't read the word, you don't know the word, it is your responsibility to know the word. So that when we come like this, or you hear the raveling wolves, you'll be able to identify that this is a raveling wolf. If you don't read the word for yourself, you will be vulnerable to raveling wolves. You'll be deceived or be deceived. You'll be deceived or deceived. So you need to know the word. Meditate on the word which is able to save your soul. Hallelujah. Will be a student of the world, will be people who are Bereans in the mighty name of Jesus. And also, we, we, we're talking about, um, you know, there. Let's see. Um, I'm coming to conclusion now. Um, Romans chapter 13. Hallelujah. It says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live, By the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Everybody read with me now. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So you see, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God wants you and I to live. God wants you to be like him. In righteousness and in holiness. By position, we have the mind of Christ. We have his thoughts, and, uh, his thoughts and purposes in us. And look at it. For you to have that mind of Christ, you have, you have to have God's purposes in your mind. Seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. For you to be able to embrace this, you have to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. May the Lord help us to come fully Maturely into the image of Christ, which is the image of the invisible God, and to embrace the Word. Jesus Christ is the Word. He said, "In the beginning, in in, in the beginning, in, in was the Word, and the Word was God." He said, "To embrace that Word, so that that Word is able to give you give you life and to save your soul. May that be the portion of every one of us in the name of Jesus. May we rise on our face.